0: Good morning, church. How are we today? Good, good. Uh, listen, this is the season of Thanksgiving, right? Especially we're mindful and aware of that. And I just want to take a, a moment on behalf of the elders as well to thank you all uh, for your gifts during Pastor Appreciation Month in October. Very appreciative. In fact, I'm wearing a, a gift of some of the, from someone here. Uh, I just want to share that gift with you. Hunter, you've got a nice loud voice, right? Can you just read what uh, my socks say? Don't make me use my pastor voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, what that means, but I love them. So thank you for that. Uh, very grateful, not only for the gifts, but especially just your words of encouragement. Uh, it, it really is a joy to, to be a part of this church and to see the great people that God has brought here. So thank you for. Your love towards us, thank you for including my kids in that. This is not something I could do apart from my family being on board. So thank you for that. Let me invite you now to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Today we are going to talk about a subject that I would say is, could be controversial in the church, that being submission to authority, Particularly, the government. Never in my 45 years of existence have I seen as much division in our country as I do today. It seems like the left is as far left as it's ever been. The right has never been more right, and it has left very little room for anybody to claim to be in the middle or to claim to not be on either side. In fact. There's this sense where the world's demanding you to draw the line in the sand and not to cross over it. And here's what tends to happen then when it comes to submitting to authority. If the current administration holds any certain view that you disagree with, then everything about them is bad and you don't have to listen to a single word that they say. Our world calls that cancel culture. If the president you'd vote for isn't in office, you think it's okay to trash that administration and everything that they do. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this should not be. In scripture, God gives us a clear command to submit to human authority. Of course, there are caveats on what this means and looks like. Certainly when the government goes against non-negotiables of scriptures, we don't submit But still, there is a way in which we do that. And so, no doubt, this is a very challenging text. And we desperately need the Holy Spirit to be a strong presence and to give us great wisdom in this. And my prayer for you, what I'm asking the Lord to help us with, is that we would all approach this text with great humility in order to understand what Peter is Saying So let me read this for us, and then we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is a very challenging passage for us to consider today. And Lord, certainly I would imagine all of us have encountered leadership in whatever capacity that we did not think much of. All of us here, Lord, are tempted from time to time to rebel and refuse in a sinful matter to submit to the leadership over us that you have put in place. And God, there are times where it is not clear on how we should handle those situations. And certainly, Lord, we ask that your spirit would be very active Amongst us, which is our hope. Lord, I pray that you would bring great humility as we consider this challenging passage. Lord, would you guard our hearts from just jumping to a conclusion before we have heard from you? Keep us out of the ditch in either direction. May the preaching of your word today, Lord, be bold. May it be clear. May it be faithful to you and your word. God, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now much of 1 Peter up to this point has been all about uh, understanding our great salvation and all that it means to us. So let's just spend a couple minutes to to remind ourselves, to recount what, what those things were. According to God's great mercy, he has caused us as believers to be born again to a living hope to an imperishable, undefiled, and unfading eternal inheritance kept safe in heaven for you. As a reminder, the people that he's writing to, they're, they're elect exiles. They're Christians who are living in a world that is not their home. They're, they've experienced persecution and they're struggling a little bit with that. Their faith has been tested and put to trial. And, and Peter says this about tested faith. The test of genuineness of, of their faith is more precious than gold that will result in the praise of Christ. That's not something that you hear in today's world. Trials being more precious than riches, trials that strengthen our faith. And with our salvation comes a call to holiness as we set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to us in Christ. Let your salvation be your sure hope. As believers who have received great mercy, put away your old former ignorance, die to your flesh, and be holy as Christ is holy. Peter told us to conduct ourselves with fear as we live as, as we live as exiles. Why? Because you were not ransomed from your futile ways with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spots. In our pursuit of holiness, we are called to love one another, especially believers. Believers. And our motivation for that is that we have been born again by an imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God that will remain forever. In light of this good news preached to to you, we are to put away malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Things that would certainly prevent us from loving one another. And here's the incredible news, believers in Jesus, what we talked about last week. We are living stones, being built up into a spiritual house. We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession in order that we might proclaim the excellencies of Christ. Listen, brothers and sisters of Christ, once you were not a people, and now you are God's people, once you had not received mercy, and now you have received mercy So this call to living a holy life, this is not a guilt trip. It's not something that we should look at as drudgery. Rather, in the center of all of our thinking should be the fact that God gave us a living stone. Jesus, who became a cornerstone, whom we celebrated already this morning. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. We serve a God who has everything in control. Even the evil around him around us, He is sovereign in it all. He's working everything for the good of those who love him. What an incredible gift as believers that we have in Christ. Let that motivate you to then to live a holy life. And as we move into the passage this morning, that call to holy living continues, this time dealing with submitting to human institution. So here's the title for this morning. It's this, submit for the Lord's sake. Submit for the Lord's sake. That's a hot word, isn't it? In our society today, there aren't people uh, that have at the top of their list their desires to submit to authority. In fact, there's a crisis, a real problem in our world, and the church is not free of that. Now, who is Peter telling us to be subject to, for that, let's look again at verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Here's who are we are to be subject to: every human institution. We are to be subject to every human institution. This means that wherever there is an authority structure, as believers, we are to submit to that authority of that particular institution. This would include marriage, it would include parenting, the workplace, government, the police, school systems, and the church. Wherever human authority is understood, there is a call as believers to submit to that authority. And we'll get into, following, in following weeks, we'll get into Peter talking about the workplace and parenting. Now, to submit to something, to be subject to, means to submit. It means there's a sense of obey, there's a sense of you're coming under, you're following the rules, you're following what these authorities are calling you to do. And Peter specifically here mentions the emperor and to governors appointed by the emperor. Now, I'm sure some of you have already thought to yourself, I'm not submitting to no government. Have you seen how corrupt they are? Let me first of all just think a little bit on the government that Peter is submitting to. And and, and let's just get this off the bat right away. We're going to get to this in a little bit. But there are times, if our authorities are calling us to sin, we do not submit. But for the majority of the time, we are called to submit. So we'll get to that. Just hold on. But if you have the mindset that you don't have to submit to our government because you don't like who the president is, you've got some repenting to do today. Notice Peter doesn't give any passes to people who are under an evil authority. Do you think the authority that Peter is under was a righteous authority? Do you think, do you know who it was? It was Nero. And actually, just a couple years after Peter wrote this, he would be killed by Nero because he blamed Christians for setting a fire in Rome. Listen, if you think our government is more corrupt, more dangerous, more evil than what Peter's was, you've got another thing coming. And yet, here's Peter saying, Submit to your authority, submit to the emperor. We don't have an emperor, we have a president, we have a democracy. We are called as believers to submit to all human institutions over us. It's not a popular word in our culture. People aren't lining up to put themselves under the submission of authority. In fact, It's rather cool and hip and in to rebel against the authorities. Just go to your local school and observe how kids treat their teachers. Go to a store or maybe even in your own homes and observe how children are not quite quick to come under their parents' authority. Look at the coddling that happens with today's children. Open social media and read through all the thoughts people have about the government. Submitting to authority is a major problem in our society. And brothers and sisters, when there is no call to sin, are you quick to submit to the human authorities in your life? Verse 15 says, this is God's will for your life. You don't get a pass. You don't get to just be your own person and be, follow the beat of your own drum, Even Jesus himself, there was a sense of submission to the government that was over him. Turn with me to Mark chapter 12 for a moment. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 13, we see Pharisees coming to try to trick Jesus. Of course, Jesus is far more wise than they could even imagine. This is what Jesus, this is the interaction here. Mark 12, starting in verse 13. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. Did they think Jesus was true? Not really. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the word of way of God. Did they believe that he truly taught the way of God? No. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test, bring me a denarius, and let me look at it? And they brought one, and he said to them, whose likeness in inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Now, in a different passage of scripture, you'll see that, remember, they told, Jesus told the, the disciples to Go catch a fish, and what do they find in there? Tax money. He paid the tax. Jesus did not fight against that system. Even Jesus himself had a sense of submission to the authorities that he was over. We are called to be subject to every human institution. Look back again at verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. There's a reason why we can submit to human authorities. We're we're doing so because it's for the Lord's sake. Here's the next thing. Remember, God is your ultimate authority. Remember, God is your ultimate authority. We we don't submit to authority because it's fun. We don't submit to authority because it's easy. We We don't submit when the authority over us has it all together. We don't submit because our authorities are righteous and good and just all of the time. We submit because we are doing so for the Lord's sake. We submit for the glory of God. And here's one major reason why we submit, because God is the one who has placed them in that position to begin with. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. We believe that Jesus has ultimate authority, that God has authority over all things. He's all-powerful. Romans 13, starting in verse 1, says this. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from who? From God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. What authorities exist? Who are they instituted by? Instituted by God. He's the one that's placed these authorities in position. Therefore, verse 2, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Listen, there, there is no level of authority where God looks at and thinks, oh man, I didn't see that coming. How did they get in that place of power? Man, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with plan B here. God has instituted the authority. He is the one that's put authority in place. He is the one that oversees it. Every leader is there by God. Joe Biden is our president because he was instituted by God. And if the Lord would not choose to tarry and come back before next election, the next presidency will be here, the next president will be voted in because God allowed him to be voted in. And Paul gave a stiff warning in Romans 13 there. For those who resist God's established authority, you will incur judgment. Perhaps this could help you in your submission to authority. Ultimately, your act of submission isn't to that person. It is to God as your ultimate authority. And when you submit to authority, you are blessing the Lord. You are honoring Him in your actions. This isn't because you're, uh, you're, the person over you deserves your submission. Doesn't mean He's earned your submission to Him. In fact, your submission has very little to do with your feelings toward your authority and everything to do with whether or not you will obey and honor God. So, however, you feel about those above you, whether it be in the home, in your church, at your job, in this country, don't forget that by submitting to them, you are submitting to God, your ultimate authority. So, let's take a moment here to talk about whether or not to submit when our authorities call for us to participate in sin. Do we have to submit? Well who is our ultimate authority? God. And so any submission that will result in going against the authority of God, we rebel against those things. We aren't called to submit to a sinful action. If your employer calls for you to be immoral in your job in order to to get more business, you are obligated as a believer in Christ to go against what your boss says even if it costs you your job. Because God is your ultimate authority. We live in a country right now where much of the leadership is all for the murdering of innocent babies in the womb. Do we believe that every human is made in the image of God? Yes or no? Yes. If that's so, then we cannot sit back and be okay with the slaughtering of innocent children without speaking up. This is why we support missions like RETA. This is why we go pray for the mobile bus, Whom even at times the nurses receive things from the, from the world that hates what the church stands for. Do we or do we not believe that the murdering of innocent children is a gospel issue? I believe absolutely it is. I also think the same thing goes for the LGBTQ issues that we see in our world. God made man, man. God made woman, woman. This is the way that he designed it. We don't get to choose and make a choice on what we think we are. God has declared it with what our bodies say that we are. And now kids who are struggling with that, who say they're a different sex, are being given drugs to prevent puberty, which can cause irreversible physical damage. And we as a church need to stand up to our authorities because billions of people are being fed a lie that is detrimental not only to society, but to our own personal well-being. We must do so from a place of love, but we must do so from a place of truth as well. And I believe a time is coming, if it's not already happening in other churches, where people will come with mutilated bodies who believe the lie and realize that it was a lie, and they found no life in it, and they are desperate. And will we receive them when they look different? Church, we must be ready for this. And while we have a voice, we stand up and we speak at our schools. And we stand up for what we know God has created because it's what's best for humanity. In conclusion to this point, when the authorities are calling you to sin, your ultimate authority calls for you to rebel against those things. Outside of those, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to submit. Look at verse 15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Here's the next thing. Let your good deeds silence your critics. Let your good deeds silence your critics. That first phrase alone should lead us to submit to our authorities. This is the will of God. You know, I hear a lot of people question, what is God's will for my life? I, I don't know what it is, how do I find that out? Well, here it is right here. This is part of God's will for your life. Obey, submit to the authorities over you. This is God's will for your life. Peter even gives a glimpse of what submission looks like. It involves doing good. It means not having a bad attitude when you're doing that. You are looking to serve and be a blessing. Listen, Christians should be continually contributing positively towards the community that we live in. So listen, do you think it is doing any good to complain about the government with the rest of society? Does this serve anyone around you? What about your workplace? This is a very popular Place to complain about those who are over you? What does it say about us when we don't submit to the authority there? What it really means is we're no different than the rest of the world. And so they look at Christians who profess one thing with their mouth and their lives preach a different message. In those cases, they're not the fools we are. In your workplace, are you submitting when you're not called to sin? to your bosses? Are you working hard with a good attitude or do you choose to rebel against them because you just don't like the way they treat you? Listen, there's no no exceptions here. I've already talked about how Nero killed Peter just a couple years later after this. There's no passes here when we aren't called to sin. (laughs) However, when we respond by submitting and doing good in difficult situations, we silence our critics. Because our lives match what we say we believe. We are taking away any ammunition from our critics. Now listen, we we must understand this. People are going to look down at us because we stand for Christ. That's going to happen. My goal in life, though, is that if I'm going to offend someone, if I'm going to be looked down on me, if I'm going to be looked down on, may it be because of my stance on the gospel of Jesus Christ and not being a jerk about it. I got a few pet pet peeves uh, in light of this area. One of them, uh, videos I cannot stand. I cannot stand when people record when they get pulled over by police and start demanding their rights. Listen, there are exceptions to every rule. There are times when police aren't doing something they should be. But I think, generally speaking, for the majority of police, they are trying to do the right thing. And when we try to act like, we forget everything, all the stress that they have to deal with, and then we give them a hard time because, oh, is it really lawful for you to give my license? I don't have to give my license. My constitution supports me. That, I just, I'm just letting you know, my flesh will boil up in those things. I want my good deeds to silence my critics. I don't want to be a jerk just because I'm a jerk. So a couple, like a, a few weeks ago, I went to a conference for the Great Commission Collective in Canada, drove there. How many of you have driven through Canada, like to Canada? It's kind of stressful, isn't it? Like especially entering into Canada. They ask like all, these, like all these hard questions and you're like nervous and you're like, where are you going? Uh, 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 I'm going to a conference. What kind of conference? A church conference. Are you speaking? No. Is this work related? Well, kind of. Well, is it or is it not? Are you getting paid? No. Like, all these questions, and you're just, like, nervous. Uh, so made it through Canada just fine. Uh, but on my way back, uh, I got in line. It was my turn to pull up. They took my passport, and they scanned it. And then I heard sirens going off during this time. And so I'm looking around, I'm thinking, oh, man, somebody's in trouble. I'm looking around to see who it is. <laughs> the guy in the booth's like, sir, can you please turn off your car? I'm like, sure. I'm just thinking, it's standard. You know, like, hey, pr- protect the environment, right? Uh, <laughs> And they're like, sir, can you hand me your keys? I'm like, oh, this, is, this isn't normal. <laughs> Something's going on here. And then he's like, uh, sir, there's police that are coming, and you need to do everything that they ask you to do. I'm like, oh, boy, this is, this is legit. And so they're like, sir, can you please stand up out of your car and face the front put your hands in the air? I'm like, what is going on here? And so, like, first of all, before Christ, I understand that my heart is deceitful above all things. He has a lot of work to do in my heart. But when it comes to, like, being civil in my record, in light of the government, I've got a clean record. So I'm just thinking, like, did I not pay a bill or something? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And then I'm thinking, and very quickly, too, I'm like, they're not going to pull me over for not paying a bill. Like, they only, pull, they only do this stuff with, like, hard criminals. And so I get out of the car. My hands are in the air. They ask me to walk backwards, and please put your left hand behind me, and they put cuffs on. I'm like, oh, my word. And so I went from, like, trying to question what's going on to literally, I'm not kidding, my thought was like, this is amazing. <laughs> All right, who gets to say they got handcuffed at the border? This is awesome. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm really thinking, I'm like, I can't wait to tell my family. This is going to be a great sermon illustration someday. Uh, and so they cuff me. They do a quick search there. They take me inside. Again, I'm just like, like, this is unbelievable. Have you guys ever watched those like border patrol shows? Like, they're the real shows where people get into trouble and things like that. And it's funny, because after I talked to Nikki, he, she and the kids were just talking about, like, wouldn't it be cool if we saw Dad on Border Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they take me into this locked room, and they're like, sir, if we uncuff you, are going to cooperate? I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to cooperate. Just put my hands on the wall. They do a, a more, more uh, thorough search, have me take my shoes off. They check my socks. They check my shoes. Lucky I didn't have my pastor's shoes on. I'm not sure what would happen then. And uh, then they lead me, they take the cuffs off, they lead me to the, the lobby, and I'm still wondering, what is going on? Uh, and so I didn't have my phone on me, I didn't have anything on me, I left everything in the car. And so finally, like 15, 20 minutes later, they're like, okay, you're not, the guy, you're, not, you're not the guy we're looking for. And of course, I mean, I wasn't relieved, because I knew I had done nothing wrong. And so another 15, 20 minutes later, like they had to do stuff to clear my name, uh, they finally gave all my stuff and said I could leave. And I asked them, I'm like, so did like my identity get stolen? Like I'm thinking, do I have to like get new new new, new credit card, new passport? And, like no, your passport's clear. But what happened is you had enough information on your passport that it could match somebody who committed like who we're looking for. Like they could have maybe changed the name, maybe they had the same birthplace and uh, like date of birth, but like they could easily change their name to my name. So that's why I got flagged. And so I'm like, okay, good. And then I was off on my way. Uh, the reason why I share all this story is, is I had many people share, like, well, did they apologize? Like, did they apologize at all? And I'm like, no, I don't think they did. But here's the thing, I didn't care. I didn't need an apology. The, the police are there to find bad guys. Why did that happen to me? It's because there are evil people who exist who do stupid things. And I'm not gonna be the guy that tries to demand my rights to get in the way of these men who sometimes put their life on the line to protect the innocent and to punish the evil. Let me ask you when you approach authority in your life, are you are you looking to be a, are you a jerk to those who are over you? Do you make it hard or are you submitting because you realize that submitting to your authorities, you are submitting to Christ? Even Christ submitted and gave his life for us because it was the will of the Father. Listen, look at verse 16 again. Live as people who are free. Isn't that interesting? Peter's like, live like you're not free, but live like you're free. Isn't that kind of what he's saying? Hey, put yourself under the authority, but what he's saying is, look, you are free in Christ. These authorities have no power over you. You are free. You're actually free to rebel. But look what Peter says. You're free to rebel against the authorities. He didn't say those exactly, but he says this. Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Listen, when we sinfully rebel against our authorities, we are doing an evil act in the eyes of God. Don't use your freedom to do that. Use your freedom to do good When we act like fools, we are the fools, and we are living up to what the foolish people say about us. Use your freedom to serve the Lord. So, again, let me ask you, what has submission looked like in your life? If there's one thing I have come to understand, anyone who's ever taken any kind of leadership it can be lonely because people can be nasty. Do you make it easy or do you make it hard for those who are over you? Here's the last thing. Look at verse 17. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor everyone. The emperor, here's the last thing, very simple. I'm not very creative. Honor everyone. Hey, the Greek word for everyone means whoever you want to. No, it doesn't mean that. It means everyone. It means honor everyone. Be respectful to everyone. Listen, it all comes back to always having the gospel in front of us. What does the gospel say about us? We are so sinful, that it caused the perfect Savior to lose his life for us. When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made a way for you, not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to his mercy. And so when we participate in the trashing of the officials that are over us and the bosses, the employers who are over us, we are rebelling against our God. And we are saying, you know what, I deserve mercy, but you deserve nothing. Just think of what that says. I don't believe for one second that Jesus participated in any joking about the Pharisees. What I often think about is when Jesus said, how as a hand I would have gathered you under my wings. Even Paul himself said, I I would almost just give up my salvation so that my brothers could be one. Let me ask you is that your heart towards the authorities over you that you don't care much for? When is the last time you have trashed those ahead of you over you versus pray for them? What's the last thing you've done? Don't use your freedom for evil. Honor everyone. <laughs> love the brotherhood. This is, this, is, this is speaking of like the family of God. Love the believers in Christ. Listen, we are exiles. We don't belong here. This world is hard. It's hard to think on these things because we all fail at it. And so if we're bickering and fighting with one another, how much harder are we making it for ourselves? Brothers and sisters especially love one another. And I'm grateful up to this point as a, to be a church who I, I believe we love one another. But it's fragile. We must guard it. Fear God. Above all things, fear God. I don't think this means that we should be afraid and hide under a bush because he's going to strike us on the head every time we mess up. But it does mean we live bowed down to him, looking to honor him, living for his glory, especially in light of his great salvation towards us. Honor the emperor I'm about 100% certain all of us in this room, in your lifetime, have been under a president, been under some kind of authority where you weren't happy about it. You don't get a free pass to be disrespectful, to put up your memes, to participate in satire, to trash those in leadership. Again, I'll say this, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are free, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Use it as servants of God, as exiles in a world that is not your home. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your sacrifice for me. Thank you for your perfect submission to God the Father, for your love for us, for your love for really your care that you've shown even in scriptures. Even when you stood up against the Pharisees, just you still had a heart for them. And Lord, I just confess I'm convicted. There are times where I participate in the making fun of those ahead of me, those over me, in a sinful way, Lord. And I thank you that your loving kindness leads us to repentance. And Lord, if there are people in here this morning who are rebelling against the authority that you placed over them in a sinful manner, where they're not being called to sin, they're just rebelling, God, would your loving kindness lead them to repentance this morning? Father, I pray that we would not give our critics a reason to slander us to critique us, Lord, but let us do good so that we silence them. Let us not use our freedom as a cover-up for evil, but rather use our freedom to serve and glorify you joyfully, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. It's hard. It's hard to live in a world where we see such evil, but remind us that the battle is not against flesh and blood. Give us a heart for those around us who are lost in darkness. Father, we need you. I thank you for your grace and mercies, Lord. Show us what we need to see in this passage, Lord. Help us to submit to our authorities as to you, for your (coughs) sake, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me give you a couple things that you can put into practice this week. Memorize 1 Peter 2, 16 and 17. says this. Let me remind you. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Second thing, uh, read Romans 13. We read a little bit specifically focused on the first several verses of that. As you think about authorities and how you respond, what does God call us to? These are hard things, guys. This is, this is not... This is not easy. Not easy. And then, question for you. Are you submitting? Are you submitting joyfully? Submitting and complaining the whole time out loud is not submitting. It's not coming on. It's not being subject when we complain about it and still do what they ask. It's doing it joyfully as for the Lord. You're doing it for the Lord's sake. And then honor everyone. Is there anyone in your life who you are participating. Listen, I used to get into the satire stuff and the Lord has convicted me. I'm not saying I don't stumble here and there, but I've realized how often do I laugh at that stuff and and never take the time to pray. And if that's you, if you like to post those things, just ask you to consider what you're doing. Does it really fit in with what scripture is saying here? Because, church, let me remind you that you are the light of the world. If your light is dark, if you're casting a different light than what Scripture has, what hope is there? You are the light of the world. The sitting on the hill cannot be hidden, so let your light shine so that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Have a good week.